1: There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there's also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen.
0: All right, welcome back, Dunkers, to the SLC Punks podcast. This is James Hansen.
1: And this is Milo.
0: And guess what, guys? We just got to watch the Utah Jazz scrimmage. And happy Utah Jazz preseason eve. Tomorrow, the Utah Jazz are playing basketball again in Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's an exciting time to be a jazz fan just because we get to watch jazz f- basketball again. The l- summer is over, the summer from hell is over, and I'm excited.
1: Now we just get to go through 82 games of hearing every opposing announcer say, in the offseason, they lost Gordon Hayward.
0: Or, uh, is that Epke Udo? (laughs) (laughs) every single game. Uh, Yeah, so every talking point's gonna be rehashed by every single announcer, but that's okay. That's just part of being a Jazz fan, I guess. Uh, You know, the only uh, other option is just to listen to to Bowler and Harpring, so... (laughs) But anyway, uh, uh, what we wanted to do is talk a little bit about Utah Jazz scrimmage. And sorry, I like Bowler. I'm not going to apologize about the harping comment, but I do like Bowler.
1: I love. But I, anyways, I, bring me Bowler and Boone back. I miss please. that. I don't like. Well, I don't get the the hate on Ron Boone. The dude paid his time playing for the Utah Stars. He can be he as brought, terrible us a as, brought us a championship. Brought us a championship. Dude brought Utah a championship. He can be as terrible as he wants on air. Okay? I have never, He's I've paid never paid known a person. Dude. He's paying his dues. He is, the, he is
0: absolutely the best at starting a sentence and then just kind of stopping it randomly at times, which yeah. is fine.
1: I know it's always great. He's like you know what? the really interesting thing about Derek Favors is the fact that.
0: <laughs> and then you know that harp <laughs> and you know Bowler's waiting.
1: Yeah, and then some. His bowler and has the finish. He's like, yeah, because Derek Favors in the offseason really, really put in a lot of work. Yeah, as you can see in his game, <laughs> the, when he starts to. At Houdini, <laughs> Houdini's got Houdini's got the. <laughs> but he can. He deserves it. He paid his dues, man. He played for the he Utah did. Stars.
0: Paid and his, he's his a, dues. I he's did a not callback sign to up Rambu, for or, or... Matt
1: Harper's fry sauce. I did not sign up for this okay oh, I, and here's and the, the bucket start matt Harpering. so matt Harpering, when he had his little tryout and i was like i remember i was one of those people who was tweeting and be like dude get matt Harpering on the mic because he was very intelligently describing plays and all these things and then they get him as the color commentator and all of a sudden it's like somebody's like man dude you're a little dry you know you need to spice it up and so all of a sudden he just went like full fry sauce like full on just random, weird, trying to be silly instead of like, the reason everybody wanted you was you gave really intelligent basketball commentary. We weren't doing it for your personality. Like Mm -hmm. we wanted that, like we wanted the personality of like, Hey, this is what this play was looking like. You know, he really read that, you know, had, you know, read that wrong of this play or this play instead of random homering and then questioning what analytics are and going full eye test. We didn't sign (laughs) up for that.
0: My favorite is stick that in your algorithms.
1: Yeah, stick that in your algorithms. <laughs> My favorite line. That's not. But, you know, that's not.
0: We've we've made our bed though, and I guess we have to sleep in it. Right. But...
1: Right. Exactly. So, so yeah. So we just had the scrimmage. Uh, I thought the scrimmage was um, the best grainy YMCA uh, scrimmage footage I've ever seen, um, though. Though, you know, I mean, it's an all right, like Hill Air Force Base, probably a better court than most YMCAs. It's uh, much, much better funded.
0: Um, Uh, Obviously, worse Wi-Fi. Worse Wi-Fi,
1: terrible Wi-Fi. Like, you got to wonder, like, I only pay like a hundred bucks for my my Wi-Fi and I get pretty good Wi-Fi. Um, What are they paying? Like they're, like, they're paying in the millions for their Wi-Fi and we can't even get something out. Though, hey, our, I, But the thing is, if you really think about it, all the people who have to search that footage, you know, at the, at the NSA, when it goes out of Hill Air Force Base, that's a lot of people working overtime just to make sure we can have jazz basketball. So kudos to them. That's right.
0: And so, you know what? Our troops deserve better Wi-Fi. They do. Them, Dude, they deserve it.
1: Dudes at Hill Air Force Base, like, Get him some some way better Wi Fi, like that's <laughs> a hashtag Hill Air Force Base Wi Fi props. Yeah. hashtag Airmen are internet people too.
0: But but you know who didn't buffer during that scrimmage was Rudy Gobert.
1: Rudy Gobert like, was you fantastic. like that? <laughs> yeah, that was a nice that was a nice transition. So uh, Rudy Gobert was fantastic. Like he. He looked like he was picking up right where he left off at the end of last season. The end of the—I uh, wouldn't say the postseason, because the postseason he kind of looked up and down after that initial first game of the Los Angeles Clippers. He was great on the uh, on the defensive end, but offensive end he kind of—it looks like he slowed down. But but yeah, so it looks like he picked right up uh, from that point. Looks like the off offseason workouts have really paid dividends. He easily looked like the best the best player on the court. And what was so fascinating was watching, like, watching the replay of the game. You can see what a difference Ricky Rubio working a pick-and-roll is compared to George Hill. Now, George Hill, the reason why he can excel in the pick-and-roll is he's a scoring threat. Like, you're worried about him being able to shoot over the screen. Ricky Rubio, on the other hand, can just see, like, thread a needle through, like, the one opening that you might have on that pick and roll. And Rudy Gobert, he's, it looks like he's worked on his hands. Now, this is just one scrimmage. But he, uh, he was catching the ball on the move, really great, slamming it home. And poor Ekpe Udo on the other side.
0: <laughs> has to guard Rudy Gobert. Has to guard every Rudy Gobert, play.
1: yeah, every, every practice. That, which is also really good for Rudy Gobert on the offensive end because he has somebody defensively who can really push him.
0: Oh, yeah. Udo's a solid defender. Yeah, Udo's and so Rudy's,
1: no slouch when it comes to the defensive end.
0: Yeah, Rudy's going to—he looked better, and it might be the FK Udo effect. Just in practice, he's playing against a high-level defender. Uh, there were some—I mean, it's—yeah, you're right. Um, with Rookie Rubio, our players are going to have to just have their head on a swivel because I think there were even a couple passes where it surprised some of the players. Like that outlet pass to Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles oh my was goodness. just— that, that right there, that's going to happen two to three times a game. And if our players just keep their head up, they're going to get easy buckets. I mean, I, I, th- it gave me a lot of hope for our offense. And Ricky Rubio wasn't perfect. He missed two or three jump shots. You kind of saw the weakness of that jump shot. And I, I don't think he shot a single three-pointer. I think he kind of ran off the line and ran a pick-and-roll with Rudy. Mm-hmm. But he made the passes, and he got Rudy a lot of easy dunks. It was – it's – there's going to be a lot of games where Rubio has 10 plus – he might average 10 plus assists. Right. And I, and I think it's interesting. He didn't really shoot a three-pointer, and so I wonder if maybe there's some wrinkles in there that Quinn Snyder has to just really avoid him shooting threes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, it, they've worked on some stuff to do that. But
1: What I started to notice too is uh, I, I, the last few years, the way the Utah Jazz have operated is whoever gets the rebound, if your name is not Derek Favors or Rudy Gobert – you just just go with it. Um, they'll initiate the offense from anywhere, and this it really felt like they were they were looking for for Ricky, or Ricky was was picking it up pretty quickly in transition, so that he could he could lead these uh, lead lead uh, the Utah Jazz in transition. So that that was interesting to see. Um, that, that'll be whether that's just because that's the way the rotation was, and if that changes with you know, different substitutions it will be fascinating to watch. Um, I, I do want to see, though, I can't, one thing I was not watching for that I'm kicking myself now is was Ricky really going for defensive rebounds so he could start the break? Because that mm-hmm. was one thing that um, we hear about the Jason Kidd comparisons that uh, Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder said they wanted to make him into, you know, like a Jason Kidd prototype. And that's part of it. Jason Kidd rebounded, uh, defensive rebounded quite heavily so that he could lead the break, so that they could get going as fast as they could. So that'll be something to watch um, during the preseason is you know, it's Ricky Rubio uh, fighting for rebounds on the defensive end so that they can get out and transition um, more. The,
0: that's going to be hard, though, because he's fighting for rebounds with both Derek Favors and Rudy, Rudy Gobert.
1: Rudy Gobert. So that... that so, that's that's where we get into the next thing because you know part of it is are they going to box out and kind of prepare the way for Ricky so he can get that get and go, or is it get the rebound and and we're move we're moving to Ricky who's finding the you know who's hitting you know an outlet guy, the, and mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting to watch with Joe Ingles is you know the Utah Jazz before those kind of plays that kind of outlet pass did not happen that often because they didn't have anybody. In that lineup, I can't think of one person who has that type of court vision in their mm-hmm. in last year. I, Gordon um, well, Hayward a little bit. Um, jo, I, actually, excuse me, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles kind of likes to likes to throw those those outlet. But besides him, you didn't see. We that. just
0: didn't have a. We just didn't have. A, I mean, pray to mention that we just didn't have a lot of runners. We had the most efficient uh, transition team in the NBA, but we also took the least amount. And it really feels like. Our transition basically was like if one of our guards stole the ball from the right. Our transition team, just... was
1: just like if you have a one hundred percent chance of doing this, you take it. But it, exactly, any time it was like a little murky, it was just like we're holding it up. We're going, we're going half court. It what... ju-
0: yeah, it just seems like they literally didn't try for it at times. Like just get into the motion, and that's what scared me at the beginning of the the scrimmage is because first, and I know it's off the tip off, but first thing we just kind of go into our motion. They did seem to be running it quicker and And Rubio did look comfortable within our offense. He looked like he' fit right in i i i I really feel like our offense looks pretty smooth to me and the players that I was really surprised with, and I disagree with some of the local media here who've talked about it is Dante and Donovan looked really good to me, not just in the second half but in the first quarter. We were talking about this a little before the podcast, but Dante looked pretty good going against the best defense in the NBA. I,
1: yeah, that's I that's, kinda... that's a hard thing to to talk about when you're saying, "Hey, well, you know, everyone who was not on the team of Rudy Gobert, Ricky Rubio, and Joe Ingles looked really bad." You're like, "Well, yeah, they're playing the top three, maybe best defense of next season. Yeah, it is going to be a little rough. You have." Joe Ingles and Ricky <laughs> Rubio, who who um, were in the top twenty in steal percentage. You have Rudy Gobert, who's you know second in vote, you know second in voting and defensive player of the year, and second team All NBA, and first team you know all defense. Uh, yeah, it is going to be kind of difficult. And then you have a, if you have a Derek Favors um, on there on the defensive end and healthy. The only the only weak point is is Rodney Hood on that on. On the, on the string of defense,
0: and they had Cephalosia going at him. So
1: I mean. yeah, and you had Cephalosia going at him. So you know, it wasn't exactly like you were being able to go, you know, strength for strength on that sucker. And so, exactly. with that being said, Dante and Donovan didn't didn't uh, they weren't bad per se. They just didn't have a lot of opportunities, and that was that was really what it was like. Their, the opportunities that they had when when things broke broke down because it is like the very first scrimmage, you know, they've only been practicing for less than a week, like officially. So yeah, they took their chances. Donovan had some amazing last minute shot. Uh,
0: he was two for three. He was two for three in the first quarter. I was kind of keeping tabs and he missed that one three pointer by just a bit. I honestly coming away from that game there. He's starting at some point this season. If he figures it out, I mean, I, I, you, all you have to do is have Joe Ingles come off the bench, which he's probably fine with, and you have Rodney at the three because he looked Honestly, really I think good.
1: I, I still think, and I've, I've, I've said this in many podcasts now, I still think Donovan takes Rodney's spot and Rodney's on the bench and Joe Ingles still starts because Joe Ingles provides defensively. Like, oh, it, I wouldn't it, be surprised because, either. Because if, if you're looking for, hey, we need to have one of the best defenses in the league, for us to be able to compete on a daily night and to make teams' lives a living hell, like you and we just mentioned it in scrimmage, if you have a lineup of Ricky Rubio, Rodney Hood, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, who's a weak link defensively, Rodney Hood, and mm-hmm. if Rodney and that was the other thing that we kind of talked about, Rodney Hood wasn't exactly like. Boom! Wow, this guy's gonna look like the leading scorer of the Utah Jazz this next season in that scrimmage. It's just a scrimmage. It basically, the rules of of scrimmage are: don't any of you get effing hurt. Like, exactly. That's, that's, that's it. Like it it was just like everyone gives less than one hundred and ten percent. Like you don't go out there and and maybe give it sixty percent. If you have if if there's a one hundred percent chance of you not getting hurt. Give maybe eighty percent, but but pl- please don't don't pull an Elijah Millsap on us. Don't pull this.
0: Well, and what I what I really liked too. Um, oh yeah, Elijah Millsap, you are on the naughty list. But uh, Rodney Hood sat in the corner, took a, sh- a pass from Rick, Ricky Rubio, hits that spot up three point shot, mm-hmm. and then in the second half he had that, or maybe it was the second quarter, I can't remember, but he had that little pull up. Uh, mid-range thing. If that's Rodney Hood's entire game, I'm okay with that. I want yeah. Rodney Hood to not do more than he's capable because we know that he's not an athletic marvel. But if he can just be that spot-up shooter, because the thing that's great about that scrimmage is we could we just saw Rubio's passing, which was just exquisite. It was fantastic, and if he can take passes from Rubio and just knock down threes, we're going to be a decent offense. I mean, we, I I uh. I was listening to Tony Jones or reading something he was saying that I kind of agreed with. That the offense actually will probably be fine. It's going to be kind of Spursian in that it'll be the system that we run through, and we should get efficient shots mm-hmm. that make a lot of points. But we, it's true, we don't have the Kevin Durant or the LeBron that can kind of just pull you out a win at and, the end. And, we do and, have Joe Johnson, and
1: that's what, and in the playoffs is where it's going to is going to possibly hurt us. Like uh, mm-hmm. Zach Lowe, Zach Lowe was talking on on his podcast um, with with Tim McMahon and Zach Lowe had said, you know, when I first thought about the Utah Jazz and trying to project where they went at the beginning of the season, I, I was really pessimistic because I said, well, you know, basically their their fourth through eleventh guys are all the first guy you would want off off a bench. And that's not really good for a starting lineup. And then he's like, but then I started thinking, man, if your 11th guy is some, some guy that another team would love to have, you know, it, having the sixth or seventh amount, most amount of minutes, that, that's a really deep team. And, and that deep of a team allows you to survive an 82 game onslaught and allows you to win at least 45 games. And well, and and the one thing that I that uh you know when you said you know it's very Spursian, every one of the guys that we 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 have now on this roster, I would say maybe uh, Rodney Hood and Dante Exum are the ones that wouldn't fit this, but they all know their role. They yeah. all know who, what they are. Like if you look at Ricky Rubio, he's like, I am a pick and roll passer. Um, I am a playmaker. I am not a shooter. If you look at if you look at Joe Ingles, he's like I am a floor spacer. I hit corner threes, and then I am a dog on defense. Um, if you look at Derek Favors, you're like, okay, this guy is you know defensively just a just just a beast at the floor position. If you look at Rudy Gobert, he's like I am, I will shut down opposing offenses. Like he is a defensive guy. And you can go through that with almost every position. Jonas Drabeko, he's a floor spacer. That's what he does. Uh, Thabo, he is a guy you throw at the at the team's at your opposing team's best best offensive scorer and just say just annoy him. And so and you go through this every single time. You're like, wow, we have guys that know their roles. And the only the only guys and maybe you can throw Donovan Mitchell in there too, where you're looking at like Donovan Mitchell, Rodney Hood, and Dante Exum. You're kind of trying to figure out what they are. But mm-hmm. besides them. You have a team filled, and even Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley looks like a guy who knows what he is. He's just like, I'm a big guy. I rebound. I defend. I, that's what I do. That's, that's my job.
0: And they did a good job of it. I,
1: uh... Tony Bradley looked really good in, in the scrimmage, by the way. Like, in and... preseason, it looked like he just kind of disappeared. In the scrimmage, it, like, especially with better players around him, I was like, wow, he really fills a role. Like He just knows what he is.
0: He's a big body. He's soft hands. He gri- he catches the ball really well. He finishes it pretty well.
1: Yeah, I was. He, really, he'll, he'll be a
0: nice player. nice backup eventually. I and I'm not, uh, well, the player you kind of mentioned already that I think is actually going to play a big part of this team, and I think might be a surprising starter, or at least if Favors gets hurt, is Jerebko. He looked really solid to me, and one of the he things did. I like. He looked really good. The offense looks spaced with him on the floor, especially for Dante. Dante, in that second half, went to the line about five or six times, guys. That's pretty elite stuff. But the fact that he can space the floor, and and Jody Guinnessy had a quote that I really liked, or just a tweet, a uh, thought, that he just said that Jarebko's very, he communicates really well on defense. And so he's, he's going to be, he's going to help on the defensive end. He seems to guard the perimeter adequately enough that you put him on the floor and space the floor on offensively, he becomes a really nice piece. He's, to me, one of the more interesting pickups because, I mean, I want Derek Favors to figure it out. He disappeared in the scrimmage, though. Of all the things that I watched on the scrimmage, the one that was a little disappointing is I just wished I saw more from Derek. He did have that and one he made Mm -hmm. on a pass from Ricky Rubio, which was nice, but there were a lot of times where it just some of the time I'm watching these players and I just want to see what's the impact. How are you impacting the game and enforcing your will on the game? And just didn't really see that a lot. It felt like he was reacting. It feels like he feels a little out of place. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't quite know. Am I a center on offense? Am I a, p- a stretch four? am I a power forward? What am I? And
1: so, and that's going to be the story of the preseason because if, if we're in game two or game three of the preseason and Derek Favors is kind of an afterthought uh, in those lineups. Quinn Quinn's not gonna wait till the regular season and be like, let's figure out if this works. This isn't like 2014, 2015, trying to figure out what they got. This is now where they're still try they still feel that they are trying to compete for a playoff, you know, as a playoff team. So if mm-hmm. that lineup's not working, Derek Favors is coming off the bench. If 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 Quinn Snyder and the rest of his coaching staff looks at there and be like, we basically have a redundancy with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert out there at the same time. They're not going to work with that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the that's the word. It's it, I hope that Favors isn't redundant, but he looked a little redundant. Not going to lie.
1: And that's and, and that's nothing against. That might be we might be looking at this like, wow, when Rudy Gobert's on the court, he's basically in Derek Favors' old role. And if that's the mm-hmm. case, and Derek Favors, because Derek Favors is having. With the rise of Rudy Gobert, and this is sort of unfair to Derek Favors, like because it kind of coincided when Derek Favors has been a little hobbled. But kudos, you know, it's not because Derek Favors is is less than you know was less than average, and Rudy Gobert is just average. Rudy Gobert was elite around the rim. Like, if you have it, if you want to do a pick and roll. And you have some – you know, you can choose between Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert diving to the rim. You're choosing Rudy Gobert every single time. So Derek Favors has to change basically the way he interacts in this offense now. Not fair, yeah. but that's, the, that's just the way it works. And if he can't change the way he works in the offense with Rudy Gobert basically having his, the role that he had two years ago when he had his really good season – you know, one thing one thing can be said. If to, if Rudy Gobert is killing it in that role more better than Derek Favors did two years ago, A, you know that Quinn Snyder has a really good system and it works, but B, you know that Rudy Gobert is more fit for that role. And so that and this is hard because he is an expiring deal and it was just announced this last week that the salary cap's gonna be lower next year. Yeah. So all of a sudden if you have this redundancy and you're like, I'd rather have Jonas Drebko or Joe Johnson out there. Most likely, Jonas Drebko because he's younger and play, can play more minutes, and you want to keep Joe fresh for the postseason so he can do what he did against the Clippers, against mm-hmm. you know, so you can have a go-to guy when things get rough.
0: Yeah, he can just finish games. That he can just be our closer yeah. in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, almost yeah, he, he's a closer so to speak. So when you're looking at that, you know, the Utah Jazz are going to look at, get a a lot of calls from a lot of teams being like, Hey, you know, I'm seeing that Derek favors is only playing 15 to 20 minutes and he's healthy and he looks good when he's coming off the bench. You know, we could, you know, here's some stuff that we could give you for him. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and, and the and Utah jazz can look at that and be like, and go to a lot of these cash trap teams that, Hey, maybe you're Portland and you're, and your season goes sideways and you can go to Portland and be like, Hey, do you guys really want to be paying the luxury tax on you know for for a team that's going to be you know the you know like you know, getting the tenth pick in the playoffs? Do you really want to pay that much money? You know, or like,
0: maybe maybe you're like, hey, you know what? You put Derek you put Derek Favors on Portland, and maybe they have a chance to slip into that eight spot. But we'll take your first round pick.
1: And... Right. Right. And so the Jazz can get can accrue some assets because that's. They don't really have any additional draft picks going forward. They've used all of those on Ricky, on, um, on you know, they, on on, on, a, on a lot of different ways trying to um, get talent over here. And so yeah. now, and and with the Donovan and with the Donovan Mitchell trade, so and Tony Bradley, so and
0: well, and they've got to develop the picks they have too. The Donovan Mitchell, Dante Exum, yeah, um, you know. It's going to be interesting, uh, Ricky Rubio, and talking about redundancy. There might be a little bit of that with Dante and Donovan and Ricky Rubio. If all three of them look great, uh, which they all three looked great in the scrimmage, I I really didn't. I mean, I, I we talked I, about this. I, s- I I think Donovan's Donovan starts at some point this season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's he. So I took I was just kind of taking mental notes at the first quarter just to kind of see donovan was two for three he hit two inside shots and this was with rudy gobert and Derek favors on the floor and and dante had that nice assist to Epke udo who looked really good by the way speaking of redundancy i don't know if Derek favors looked any better than udo did
1: yeah, and udo yeah, that was, that was going up
0: against rudy gobert
1: yeah that was very that's another thing too is just like
0: y- udo made a lot of plays
1: what right, he made me really think impressed. is just
0: well, this guy, just, this guy just gets it. This guy just makes smart plays all the time. And he's got a big, nice – he's got nice size. He's long. He's smart. He's seasoned. Mm-hmm. Derek Fabers, I would be shocked if he's on a Jazz uniform next season.
1: I'd be shocked if he's still on the Jazz uniform at the trade deadline just because when you look at who the Jazz have in Tony Bradley, Drebko, Udo – and then Joe Johnson being able to play the four. Well, at, at, I... at some point, either one of these guys is going to play really well and they're going to look at them and be like, wow. They're, they're, like teams will salivate of Jonas Drebko and Ekbe Udo and the contracts the Utah Jazz have on them.
0: Oh, be, yeah. And be Absolutely. like, man, I'd
1: really love to have that guy and Ed at that price. Um, likewise, they will look at Derek Favor's contract and be like, man, um, especially if you're a bad team. You're like, hey, maybe we could re-sign Derek Favors, and if not, we're able to get cap space, and we can mm-hmm. we might be able to unload one of our bad contracts to to Utah, who's trying to uh, trying to do this, and, and Utah can basically be like, yeah, we'll take that for a price. So that yeah. that would be really really interesting. I think that's one big storyline of the preseason is can Ru- can Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert work, or is it something that they're uh, they're only playing for about 5 minutes to start out the game and then 5 minutes to start out halftime and then they don't see the floor together and even then if that's the case why are we doing that why why aren't we giving ourselves a best chance to get off to a good start and um and and get going so that's going to be a really really interesting thing i think um the next big story the next big storyline is going to be who finishes uh, so a lot of talk has been who's going to be that 15th guy and that's always if 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 you're a team and you're talking about man who's really going to be the 15th player on our roster you know you have at least a good team um yeah you're not like man <laughs> which one of these clowns is going to be able to play we're like we're, we're like the jazz are in a really good spot to be like okay you know we have a lot of really good players and there's going to be a fine, fine NBA player who's capable of being on a roster day in, day in and day out, not making our team. And the more I think about this, the more I think the Jazz are going to enter the season with only 14 guys on their roster, and they're going to cut two, not just cut one.
0: I could see it. I honestly don't know how we keep... I know you, a lot of people here are Weber State fans, but I don't know how we're going to keep Bolam boy on the team. I
1: don't uh, like. There's two two guys, and I and 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 this hurts me because one of them played really well in the scrimmage last uh the other day. Oh no! I, I think it's Howell Neto. <laughs> I don't. I don't know because he's Rudy's best. He's friend Rudy's on the team. best friend. He completely is, but at the same time, you look at the minutes that Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, Dante Exum, are all going to command. And I
0: just, I just think though, isn't it written in Rudy's contract that Neto can't be cut? Isn't that part of his contract? I think it's only
1: that he gets to go on vacations to Brazil with him. Like, but <laughs> I, I don't know the incentive structure on that. I think that's only if you become All NBA first team. Um, so we, we'll see on that. But, but in all seriousness, I do think the Utah Jazz will look at that and be like, you know, we have the luxury of a, plenty of guards. Um, for. And, and and you have Nate Walters as your as as your two-way player. And oh, so you'd it,
0: have you'd have Nate Walters over Neto.
1: Well, yeah, well they can't sign Nate, uh, uh, Neto as um as basically your you know, he can't go down to a two-way contract cuz he's played too long. Uh, um, okay. And so the way I look at it is they'd have Nate Walters playing in the G League and if, you know, we have an injury situation where they're like we need more minutes at that point guard position it's it would be much easier for them and much more cost effective and you'd probably get the same amount of production just by pulling up Nate Walters for you know 5 to 7 minutes a game if needed
0: interesting so well i wonder if they could just keep Neto and just cut him if they can bring on another nice player like let's say a too. trade does come on and they bring on a bad contract maybe they can just you know kind of stretch Alec Burks or something or just cut him or something somehow The hard
1: thing about Neto is he is on an unguaranteed and that's why I keep uh, on going back and I'm like if they're going to cut but how somebody But so much
0: is his contract it's not that much is it It
1: isn't that much but neither are the people that he's fighting with as well and so That's true I I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be hard uh, like I don't want to lose Neto. I he's one of my. You're favorite, hurting
0: my feelings. He's
1: one of my favorite players <laughs> uh, because I stunned for this guy when he first got drafted by the Utah Jazz and he outplayed Trey Burke in that, in that one point four, 1. yeah, one point four, 1. 4 Un, million. Unguaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed, one point four.
0: Yeah,
1: I. It, what and it's not his fault because he's played really well. What ooh, in,
0: you know what? It goes through what, 2018, 19. And it looks like it's a qualifying offer. So this year, I think it's guaranteed next year it's not, and it goes up next year. You might be right. Maybe they – you might be right. That hurts my – that makes me sad.
1: That's, that's why I look at that and I'm like, they might, they might not do it. They, they just might not do it. And, and I, 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 I love Ra- old Neto. Well,
0: but the minute the my...
1: Utah Jazz had – but the minute the Jazz drafted Donovan Mitchell – and they're looking, and the way Donovan Mitchell is playing, they are going to force him into probably playing point guard sometimes, or Dante Exum, or where, and Dante Exum at the wing. If those two are playing above above average <laughs> this season, they're going to force odd decisions, and one of those is going to be, yeah, Donovan Mitchell might be playing. You know, they might be playing without a true point guard um, on the court. I-
0: I, I am so... That's my storyline for the season, and maybe it's the reason they might keep Neto, is just what if Dante and Donovan just look fantastic and the team plays just as well with those two on the floor? Then I I just... I know, And a lot of guys here are Ricky Rubio fans, and maybe I'm not. I don't know, but I just... I think he looks if, really if good.
1: I, I think he looks really good. The, the hard thing is if you get Dante Exum, if Dante Exum finally... I mean... Truth be told, Don has only had one true off season to to train. Like one hmm. true off season to train, and that was this last year. If he if his progression starts to pick up, like it's he's been in the league now, this is his fourth year, and he's just he's twenty one, twenty two. That's insane. Like he's still well, a kid. He-
0: he hit the three in summer league. He hit that three-point shot in the scrimmage. The shot looks better. Quinn Snyder likes a guard that can shoot too. He mm-hmm. likes he likes your guards to be able to shoot. And if Dante and Donovan are hitting threes, and Dante looks really good because we've got to give him a contract and we've got to play him to find out what we have. If he looks great, I think you really got to think about something where you trade Ricky.
1: I don't think he. I don't think they trade Ricky because I think that's such a great asset don't think to, so? to come off the bench. That's like, true. I think they would save Ricky. Like, they, even if, like, say Dante Exum, like, rare chance goes, like, balls out berserk this year and just is just killing it. Like, just putting up great numbers off the bench where it actually forces them to, to put him into the starting lineup. They would keep Ricky because that's such a gr- like, Ricky is the perfect point guard to come off your bench. Like, oh, he would it, be great. Yeah, great. Especially if you have somebody who's that dynamic. Then you keep him, and then you have a guy who, when you get to the draft, and you have an expiring contract like Ricky's, you're like, "Hey, guess what? We got, we got, we got cap That's relief in the form of, you know, eleven mil." Who wants it? And they also have Alec Burks. That's why I'm not sure if Alec Burks gets traded this year because Ricky Rubio's contract and Alec Burks' contract, two expiring contracts, a total up to twenty-two mil. Oh, that's like gold, especially with the salary cap going to be one hundred and one million, a million dollars less this season. I mean, next season, and then one hundred and three million the following. Oh, those are gold. That's why Derek Favors. That's why if there, if you don't see Derek Favors widen his game to a Paul Millsap level of like all of a sudden shooting threes and spacing the floor, that's why mm-hmm. Derek Favors could get traded because teams are going to look at him and be like. Hey, we could put him in today's NBA at the center position,
0: kind of like a Tristan Thompson. Yeah, and, at
1: a Tristan Thompson, and when the season's over, we just we just got ourselves twelve mil in in uh, in cap savings.
0: Yeah, I could, I, uh, I definitely could see that, and and th- there's so many things that can happen. And guys, the preseason starts tomorrow. So some of the things that I am looking for, I want to see how well the offense runs against someone that isn't their own team because these guys play against each other every day. And so it's kind of nice to be able to play against the – it's the – who are they playing? The Australians. Kings. The Sydney, Sydney Kings. Kings. The only and Kings. And so it's kind of
1: <laughs> – it's going to be a nice
0: – the, are they good?
1: They're I better, don't even they're, they're better than Sacramento. <laughs> They come
0: in, they compete. I cannot but they're gonna. I that's say not that. saying a lot, especially since George, uh, I don't like to win. Hill is on that team. but uh, So the Jazz get to play a team that's a little inferior, so it's going to be a nice warm-up for them. They'll play another, I believe, Australian team two days later. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing I wanted to see is just I want to see that offense because it's been talked about so much how you know we lose Gordon Hayward and George Hill and now our offense is apparently the worst thing ever. And I... In that game, you just saw a lot of signs that we might not be as bad as we think. Like Ricky's passing is pretty great. Uh, Dante Donovan, they can slash and score. Rodney hit the corner three. Ingles had that uh, word on the street is that Ingles shooting might be even better this year. Which
1: he had a jab step. Scary he had, to think about. He, he, like this is what I love. He had like that jab step and then hit the three right in front of who, whose grill did he just like hit it in front of? Was I it, think Thabo? it was. Was it Thabo? I think did he? It was, do-
0: I'm not sure.
1: I think it was Thabo. I think it was Cephalosha. He just, like, he jab-stepped Cephalosha, and then he just took it. Like, that's one of my it favorite really things bad. looking forward is extremely irrational confidence, Joe Ingles. Like, uh-huh. Joe Ingles has the confidence of, like, swaggy P, but actually uh-huh. defensive ability. And, <laughs> and that's what's so fun about Joe Ingles is you just have this guy who looks like came from your rec league. And can and can ball with the best of them.
0: Oh, he just it's disheveled AF. Yes, and looks, I
1: I love I love it. Like Joe Ingles, just like I, I tweeted out the other day. Like Milos uh, Teodosic and Joe Ingles both are on the all-time guys who look like you could stun for them as your friend and get them on your YMCA team. <laughs> like, like all time, all time. Like these guys could walk in, and you're like, yeah, he's from around here. Like, <laughs> well,
0: it was like, on Tabo Sevalosha.
1: Yeah, it was on Tabo. Yeah, one of the league's best defenders, and he just jab-stepped him. Oh. This Okay, here's my wildly hot take of the preseason that's going to not age well, but there's a, there's a chance Joe Ingles could lead the Jazz in scoring.
0: That's not that crazy to think about when you consider how high he shoots from three and his ability to penetrate and pass. Joe Ingles could easily be fourteen, five and five, like. Th- and on this
1: year's Jazz team, that could lead lead them in scoring. It like really 14 could. Fourteen or fifteen a game leads leads the Jazz in scoring this year. All
0: right, you want my hot take for this year?
1: Yeah. What's your hot take? Let, let's go. Just full hot takes. Let's let's do hot this. takes. Hot, hot take lightning round.
0: Hot takes, and then maybe we're good. So, hot take number one: Don Donovan or no? Okay, Donovan Mitchell will be a starter. A third of the way through the season. A third, but
1: oh, a third man. of the way. Through I have I mine think. like after like All Star break. That's hot take. Okay.
0: And then the other one is that Rudy Gobert is going to get some MVP votes this year. I don't know if he win. He's not going to win the MVP, but I really could see Rudy Gobert being 18, 14 and three, and the Jazz winning fifty games. And it's like a Dwight Howard situation from the Eastern Conference. If the Jazz are a surprise and Rudy Gobert is leading that that squad. I could see him getting a few votes from Ron Boone. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see.
1: Oh man, That's, my hot take is Joe Ingles leads the leads the Jazz in scoring. Like I, uh, I want man, I I totally wussed out. Like when we were on when we we were on uh, the upside podcasting, he's like who, and I went with Rudy Gobert, safe pick. But. Like Rudy, he's I went be into it because monster. I saw that question and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to say Joe Ingles and I'm going to surprise him." And then I wussed out. I whisked, I completely wussed out. You <laughs> like know what else? Like I didn't want to get mocked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And then I, uh, guys, I I repent. I changed my pick to Rudy Gobert to lead the team in scoring. But you know what? My other hot take is this is the season that Alec Burks becomes a efficient NBA player is my hot take is that a hot take
1: that's a terrible take but it's, it could be called a hot take <laughs> So i'm not saying <laughs> i said a fish officially...
0: <laughs> is it the fir- third time the charm or fifth times the charm
1: it would literally be the third time but you know whatever <laughs> let's let's just li- live his groundhog career like this let's
0: do it you know what he looked pretty decent he looked pretty decent in that scrimmage. Like, hit, Alec I,
1: Burks' career is if Groundhog Day was an NBA player. Like, that's...
0: So, if our bench unit can just be Alec Burks, Donovan Mitchell, Dante Exum, just balls to the wall, uh, that's going to be pretty fun. I don't know. I don't but, care but who Alec you are. Alec
1: Burks did look... Uh, like, he looked like he had some pep in his step, and that's...
0: Like, he looked healthy.
1: Like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, you look at this bench, and I... Just like last year... Getting the minute rotation for this team, for Quinn Snyder, is not going to be a fun task. And no. I do think by the time we get to December, we're, there's going to be some games where, rightfully so, Quinn is going to have earned some, uh, some, some definite criticism for losing a game because he didn't have the right, right combo on the floor.
0: It's just hard because he's it's, got so many crazy equations, and
1: he does, he does, and it's and it's hard to see where this is going to be. I think uh, kind of watching the scrimmage, it looks like he can have his control lineup, which is basically Ricky, Joe Ingles, Rodney, Favors, Gobert, and you're like, yeah, I know what I'm getting out of them. And then there's the absolute chaos, irrational confidence lineup where you have like Exum, Mitchell, Thabo, John, uh, not Thabo, but you have. Exum, Mitchell, Burks, Johnson, Udo, where it's just like complete chaos.
0: Where it's going to be, but it's like, going to be fun.
1: I know where you can have like Joe Johnson going out there, just doing like Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson is to the point now where he's almost got like dad in the, in the house driveway, uh, hoop, Lot uh-huh. moves. Like he's got those where it's just like your dad pulling them on you when you're like eight who just backs you down and is just like I'm going to lay it up because there's nothing you can do about it. That's like what Joe Johnson's game is, has, it has become now. It's like old man swag game where he's just like <laughs> I, I don't I, – I can literally take all 24 seconds of the shot clock. I'm still going to score and I'm well, going am... to back you down and I'm not going to look at the rim until the last second. Like, well,
0: I'm all here for the Joe Johnson Sixth Man of the Year campaign.
1: Joe, I, I think Joe that Johnson, I think yeah. they got
0: him figured out a little bit. I think I think Joe Johnson's fifteen to twenty minutes a game off the bench will play off of everyone on the floor and just shoot threes and and like you said, his little dad back you down and hit his little fadeaway. Oh yeah, I I, I could see Joe Johnson ten to twelve points a game in fifteen or twenty minutes, and that him just having because he's going to have more of a green light this year than he did last year. Who even. would
1: have ever thought his game would grace uh, would 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 uh, just.
0: Age, age so, so well.
1: Yeah, aged so gracefully. Like when he was a big-time scorer you know, for the Hawks, you're like, man, this guy is just – why would you pay this guy this amount of money? This is just ridiculous. Like he scores buckets, but I never thought he would be like a guy where you're like, man, I really hope in his, th- in his late 30s that he's our sixth man. Like I, I never would have thought – I thought he would be one of those players that just like has a big drop-off. Same with Vince Carter. Like it's so Uh-oh. crazy that these two guys as, as scorers have really developed into – really just age really gracefully in the NBA versus like somebody like Kobe, who's just like put me down for like 38 shots a night at age 34. We're going. Oh,
0: well, I just, it's really hard for me to not see a situation where like he's even coming in just in the second quarter for like eight minutes. And then you just bring him in at, in the fourth quarter to close the game out. And that could be just like what he does every, every game.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, 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 I'm all for the, the Joseph Messiah.
0: Um, <laughs> so uh, anything else you're looking forward to?
1: Oh man. I, I, I think my, uh, I, I'm really interested to see the minutes rotation, especially uh, tomorrow night, because I think uh-huh. that's going to be our first, our, our first real cl- clue, um, at, at least the first half. And then the second half is just going to be like, who wants to play for the Salt Lake City Stars? Uh uh-huh. So <laughs> that's really what it I want to see. Like we have. I like, want to yeah, see Eric Griffin dunks. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see some Eric Griffin dunks. Yes,
0: guys. Guys, he's he is uh, he is an interesting cat. I will say that on Twitter and Instagram, yep. he lives life to the beat of a different drum. But man, that guy dunks with violence oh he's it's...
1: gonna he is going to break a hoop in maine like he's, <laughs> <laughs> like the main red claws hoop just just call it out like he attacks the rim i i think I, like that hoop at rice eccles is probably or whatever what what's what's stadium i don't know utah stadium it's a uh, huntsman League. center i think Huntsman, whatever i i don't care but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 where like college players for the utah play i don't not from there, sorry. Um, but that
0: guy—that guy literally got me out of my seat. I think that asking rim is still who cooking. is that?
1: Yeah, we know we were sitting next to each other. His first dunk was like boom. You're we like, holy, who the? F- wow! I <laughs> I said I, I said so many expletives. Um, but it was it was such a great dunk. You so, know
0: what? He's he's interesting though. He has a chance to be a four in the NBA. He
1: does. I I think and, like. Um, Our man, uh, so um, follow Dan West. He's for SLC Dunk. He's going to be our main uh, Salt Lake City Stars um, correspondent. He definitely didn't lose that by pulling straws. Uh, But (laughs) definitely follow him this year because he's going to be watching those games. And they'll actually be entertaining games, especially with the – I think uh, like G League games this year are going to be actually way more entertaining because you have the two-way contracts now. And Uh so there's better talent in the G league now than there ever has been. I think the stigma of putting a young first rounder into the G league for some time is, is going away. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see Tony Bradley in the G league over there for, uh, for some, for some time, just because you have Derek favors and Ekbe Udo kind of rounding out that big man rotation with Jones Trebko. So I think you're going to see Tony Bradley, Eric Griffin, you have Nate Walters, um, and then it's it's going to be a good it's going to be a good Salt Lake City Stars team.
0: Yeah, they might actually win some games, but Griffin yeah.
1: I'm really interested. He has a chance. I mean there
0: there is an opening on this roster for a forward who takes a leap. And if Griffin can kind of take that next step because athletically he's there, his toughness is obviously there. I think he's just got to get some more I don't know, time and
1: just figure I, out the I, offense basketball a little bit intelligence with the, at the NBA level. I think that's the, that I think
0: that's exactly it. And if he could get just uh, to become a reasonable shooter, um, he yep. has a chance to be interesting because look so. at the
1: four spot of next year. Joe Johnson contract expired. Jones, Jerebko unguaranteed Derek favors contract expired. Um, Joe, uh, do we talk, we got Johnson, Jerebko, favors
0: favors. Udo's a five, and the Udo's
1: um, a five. Nichols is
0: not really going to play the four much. He might Tony play Bradley a little.
1: Who's not really going to play the four?
0: He's a five, so and he's yeah, a project Griffin.
1: too. He's a project too. He's young, so he's not. Uh, so, uh, I mean, he's not going to be. Uh, he might start to get NBA minutes next year, but not likely. But still, poss- possibly. So, yeah, that's going to be wide open. So, Eric Griffin, if that's probably you know how the Jazz got him signed and everything, which is like, hey, look. You play well with the Salt Lake City Stars, you know, by the end of the season we might bring you up. And then once we get into next year, I mean, you you have you're, you have yourself an open tryout. It's Unless, true. And uh, if he it,
0: plays well, you never know. It's not like I, the Utah Jazz are going to be yeah.
1: able to pull anybody from free agency cuz they're so far up over the over the salary cap, but How big is Royce
0: O'Neal? Royce O'Neill is six five, so there. No, he's not gonna. No, no, okay. he's
1: like Paul Millsap height. Sorry, yeah, Paul he's... Millsap is not six seven, six eight. Sorry to break y'all's hearts. Like, there's a picture <laughs> of him standing next to Darren Williams, and they are the same height. Like, I, I'm just, he's
0: he's not big, and he's gonna get back down by. I, yeah, Paul Millsap's one of those that would have fit so perfectly on this team, but. But I'm I'm excited to just see Royce O'Neal and get to know Royce O'Neal because I think he has a chance to be pretty interesting. And the Jazz signed him to a pretty long contract, actually.
1: Right. So, I mean, Royce O'Neal is here to stay. It's be, Like, now it's just up to the Jazz. Do they want to cut one player or two players? How do they want to roll this? So, yeah, this, it's going to be a fun season. I think, uh, like, biggest, biggest things, you know, going into this season is – You know, where does the rotation fall? How does Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert get along? Where does the scoring come from? Because we might get through the preseason and be like, we are not going to score 80 points to save our lives. Or we might be like, wow, like we got to 85 points. I don't know how we did it, but we got there. Um, (laughs) It's going to be
0: a lot of efficiency basketball. It
1: is. Like, it's going to be like, it definitely is uh, the Utah Jazz's offense is going to be like forming voltron like mm-hmm. it it could be like a good majority of the episode watching the lions fight individually to futility <laughs> until they all <laughs> form together to form voltron and pull it together you know pull it out in the end and so th- that could be the Utah Jazz's offense this year i i, mean, I hate my I'm a fan cr- of Voltron. I am. I'm totally a fan of Voltron. Also, unapologetic, uh, big hit to watch the the new cartoon on on Netflix. If you're an <laughs> unabashed 33 year old who still feels like a six year old at heart, Voltron's for you.
0: <laughs> it's also got Murray from uh, Flight of the Concords as a character in there. It's it pretty funny.
1: It does. It's <laughs> kind of crazy, like the voice talent they had on there. So um, so that could be the Utah Jazz's, uh, Utah Jazz's offense. So how is the offense going to react? Um, because the Utah Jazz's offense looks terrible in preseason, and Derek Favors is in that starting lineup. Uh, spoiler, he's not going to be in that starting lineup for much longer.
0: No, Drebko's going to earn a there. spot real quick with his shooting if yeah. it's not going well.
1: Yeah, if Drebko's hitting, hitting from three – Reliably, and just look at you know the leaps that Joe Ingalls and and uh, I'd say efficiency that Joe Ingalls, George Hill, and uh, and Joe Johnson have experienced with Quinn Snyder. Uh, if Drebko has a similar increase, yeah, uh, it would be really hard to look at him and Derek Favors and be like, you know what, we're not getting the defense, so to speak. But man, oh man, our you know the point differential that we have. You know with the we'll take a little hit on the defense to just unclog that uh that paint
0: yeah, we'll be the third or fourth defense if that means we can jump from like twenty third to fifteen in offense and that right. yeah it's just like, that's worth I, I,
1: we don't you don't get a trophy for being best in defense and not scoring a point,
0: yeah, and i i oh man i i the spacing is gonna be fun when Donovan and Dante are on the floor. it's just gonna be fun to watch, so I'm really excited about it. I'm ready to. I'm ready to just kind of watch the game.
1: Yeah, this is going to be. This is going to be. Uh, this is going to be a good, good run. This is going to be awesome. So, yeah, that that's. I mean, that's that's our podcast for the night. Just like it's. That's, it's that's it, guys. We're time. ready. We've made it. I know. We've made and get it. Get ready,
0: guys, for post game shows by me after. So make sure you like us on Facebook. So yeah, our first that. preview.
1: Like I'm writing our first preview to our first game tonight. We have a preview. Stuff. Like, what's gonna like? We're, we're actually going to talk about real basketball stuff and not being like, okay, if uh, you know, not pulling like De Bear stuff. Where it's like, if if uh, Quinn Snyder was <laughs> was Jesus. If we
0: lose to the Sydney Kings, I'm gonna be frustrated. I will say that. So <laughs> Jazz, you better win, Jazz.
1: Part of me like, and I didn't want to say this at the beginning of the podcast, but since you brought it up, I think. It w- and this is, like, the troll in me. I think it would be absolutely hilarious if we lost to the, the Sydney Kings because, like, like first of all, Twitter for, like, everyone who's a jazz fan is just going to be, like, Rome is burning. It is going to be just, like, everybody just be like, this is why we should have done this. And like, you'll have one portion be like, Gordon Hayward did this to us. And then other people will be like, this is why we should have traded favors. And then other people would like be completely ba- blaming like random things like Igor spends all of his time in the offseason coaching some team that doesn't help us. And and I would just – I just want to see it I, like just for the fact we're just like I, I don't – some people just want to see the world burn and sometimes I am that person. And <laughs> – if so, we
0: win by thirty, though, it's championship. Yeah, champ. yeah, it's exactly. the opposite. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's just like, yeah, it just like, we win by thirty. We'll be like the city kings and MBL team, and people will be like, Rudy Gobert is gonna be the MVP.
0: Well, I have said that on this podcast. So
1: there you go. he's gonna be, he's gonna be the My MVP, there. Ricky Rubio, most improved player of the year, <laughs> Joe Johnson, sixth man, and then uh, Donovan Mitchell. We're just gonna sweep, sweep it. Hey, one
0: Except- Ron Boone vote for Rudy Gobert. It makes my hot take real so because i said <laughs> ron MVP boone would probably votes.
1: vote for wilt chamberlain because he's just not sure if he's still in the league i love ron boone ron boone always has a
0: homer vote it's my favorite part yeah, about exactly. ron boone he's
1: just like joe ingles S-
0: screw it joe- rudy was pretty yeah. good joe
1: ingles and I- he's not a rookie you can't vote for him for rookie of the year uh, just, just, uh, just I'm Ron Boone. And I out. can do what I want. Scratch that out there. I just I couldn't remember it. I just... So, I so I'll, I'll love love that. Um, by the way, that's it's not an impeccable Ron Boone impression. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, I
1: didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, it's just a great. It's a great Ron Boone impression. I, I I actually couldn't remember what he sounded like. um <laughs>
0: Well, guys, I hope that you subscribe to us on iTunes. And you know how you do that? You go to your iTunes app on your iPhone, because you should all have iPhones by now, and then you search for SLC Punks, and then you smash the subscribe. Or you can do that and then give us a review. It's something you can also do, guys. It's very possible.
1: Review us. Just be like, hey, these guys.
0: And if you want to give us a suggestion or a comment, we read it. I promise you I'll read it uh and then like us on facebook like us on twitter uh just search slc dunk on those and you'll find us we're also on instagram we've got really pretty pictures from taylor griffin on instagram and and on
1: facebook he does amazing work he does he does absolutely great work i have to say i have to call out taylor because uh, there's one i have a uh a friend of mine who is in indiana um uh call out to kurt but um so he forwards me Taylor's like Ricky Rubio like you know find you a person who looks at who looks at Rudy Gobert like Ricky Rubio, and it's like the zoom in and he's like dude did you see this? And I was just like Taylor is bigger than SLC Dunk. <laughs> he's pretty good. Like he had like 600 likes, and then he's like hey do you know this? Did you see this? And I'm like he's he on our staff. And <laughs>
0: Hey, SLC Dunks gets those free agents. Yeah. That's what so, we do. So
1: the only thing I – like, Taylor, come on, man. Like, watermark that.
0: <laughs> oh, I've got a – oh, guess what, guys? Also, tomorrow – I forgot about this. But preseason starts tomorrow. Guess what comes out tomorrow morning? And this will probably – you'll probably be listening to us this the day of. But uh, Donovan and Dante backcourt brawlers is going on is going live. Oh,
1: our fir- yeah, our next 8-bit animation we're really excited about that to start out the regular season. Also, um our diet bet competition is coming to an end a week from a week from tomorrow. And I've so got so much
0: starving I've got to do.
1: Yeah, seriously. I I'm not going to be able I, I'm going like full like like Messiah in the Wilderness got to got to drop these LBs. So <laughs> um like for everybody out there thank you so much i mean we've we've like we we've raised so much so much money for the um for JP Gibson's family also the second preseason game second preseason game this we cannot emphasize this enough they're going to be selling those uh JP Gibson jerseys i mean shirts and doing a lot for his family on that night so if you're if you're wanting to even help out even more hit up that preseason game that's when they're going to be having those shirts and you can get those those JP strong shirts uh, that I just mentioned, you can get those on fans.com. Just look for JP Strong. And uh, if you you are in our Diet Bet, um, then you'll see that uh, you can get them. Um, I put a link in the Diet Bet that so you can pick those up. So um really excited for uh, you know coming up here on on the re- uh, NBA regular season. And I'm I'm super excited and I and I th- Thank everybody. I can't thank everybody enough, you know, for all the money we raised—two thousand two hundred seventy-five dollars in, in that pot—and thirty percent of that's going to the J.P. Gibson family. Uh, my my heart is full. That is so awesome. So, um, with that being said, we're going to close the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Hit us up. Follow us. Follow also follow uh, James here, Hanson James, on Twitter, and follow me, my underscore Low Milo. And uh, we're excited to get the regular season going. So. Uh, Ciao, ciao, everybody.
0: Talk to you later.